Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. On today's episode, we are talking with my mom again, but this time we are talking about the sex talk. Get ready to learn some tips on having a sex talk with your children. Before we get started, I'm super excited to announce a project I've been working on. I am now offering intimacy coaching calls. To snag your free 20-minute call with me to help improve your intimacy, go to intimacy.vaginasvulvasandvibrators.com. I cannot wait to connect with you. All right, so we have my mom back here today for another bonus episode. This time, we are talking about the sex talk. So to refresh your memory and give you a little background on my mom, my mom and I have a great relationship we always have for the most part, and um, we have a very open relationship where no topic is really too much. Now, my mom is a teacher. She used to teach sixth grade health class, and um, today... We're going to talk a little bit more about our sex talk, which I um, don't think we've ever talked about until recently. So thanks again for coming and joining me today. So last time we had talked about how you grew up and you had mentioned you went to church weekly. So we are going to get right into it today. Was sex ever discussed at home? Sex was not discussed at home at all. So then where did you get your information at? Mostly from friends. Um, I think I got a little bit of information from those medical dictionary kind of books that we had. Kind of some basic information. But then I really got my information from friends. And it was my friends who I asked the questions to also. I was afraid. I was really afraid to talk to my mother about it. I didn't know if I should. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. (laughs) Did they teach about sex in school when you were growing up? I don't remember. I don't remember. Do you remember ever having the sex talk with your parents? I did not have the sex talk with my parents. Um, In fact, I was talking to grandma this morning, telling her about doing this podcast interview with you. And she said her mother never had the sex talk with her. She didn't learn about any of that from her, from her mom. Um, And she remembers not having the sex talk with me. And we just kind of talked about why that happened. And and, uh, it was a lot about not really knowing what to do. So if you didn't have the sex talk, how did you know to start having the sex talk with me or, or that that was something that you wanted to incorporate in your parenting? Well, I knew that I didn't want your experience to be the same as mine and Somewhere down the road, the parent has to choose to break the cycle of no information. So I I felt like it was important for me to have that talk with you. I knew I needed to have that talk frequently because I felt like that was my job as the parent. We're going to talk about this frequently because I was just did not want you having sex. So we're going to talk about it a lot. That was my, you know, so... I think you were what we decided you were 11 when we first had the sex talk and that was because you were doing family life in fifth grade 
and you would come home and talk about what you learned and it was just a natural place, a natural time to talk about sex. But I was very strategic about not talking about it in front of um, anybody else. You know, I wanted to get you by yourself. I wanted you to be comfortable. I had read somewhere about when kids feel the most comfortable about talking about sensitive topics. And all I can remember is bedtime was a time when kids just ask those important questions. And also in the car. And in the car was a good place because you can't get away. You're forced to listen, but you don't have to look at each other. And so I would ask you about your family health lesson in the car. And I would ask you questions to prompt you to find out how much you knew and to find out if you had questions. Because I didn't want to give you more information than what you were ready for. You were only 11. But I wanted to give you enough information for what you needed at the time. And I thought, if I start now, then every time we have any kind of talk about sex, I thought it would be easier. I think it's funny that um, you wanted to make sure I got education about sex and now look at me today. I love to talk about sex. <laughs> so here we are. It's a little ironic. Um, do you remember what our sex talk looked like? You know, like other than being in the car, um, what, what did our conversation look like? I don't really remember that at all. I don't remember a specific event because I, I chose opportunities to bring it up when I felt like it was appropriate. I know you had a question after school once about where babies came from and that really that's what you said where do babies really come from and I talked to you about all of the myths and things that people might say that were confusing to kids and I did tell you where babies came from I didn't tell you at the time how babies were made I told you where babies came from and maybe that was the beginning really of the sex talk because I was just focusing on the woman's body and where babies came out of now, when we were prepping for this podcast, you had kind of mentioned um, you always ended with open-ended questions. Why was that? I would always end our conversations with a question to you. you know, what other questions do you have? That helped me gauge what you knew and what you were thinking about right now. You know, and then I only answered questions that you that you were curious about so that I was careful not to give you too much information than what you could handle for your age. And you always had questions. It didn't matter. We always had questions. Yeah. Right. So when you first found out I was having sex, what were your thoughts? I was so sad. I was so sad. Why were you sad? Because you were too young. In my opinion, I just felt like you shouldn't be having sex yet. How old were you when you lost your virginity? 19. I was, I was 15. So that's why, um, you know, the, she probably, I, I would mm -hmm. feel that you would feel that way. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, was a lot I, earlier. I just, I want you to wait a little bit longer, but you are, you are, and have always been a free spirit. You do what you want and not even your mother can give you a whole lot of guidance when you have your mindset on something. So it was more like, my job is to guide you down the right path after you've made decisions to do things that I might have not liked. We've definitely <laughs> dealt with that a it's, lot. Yeah. When, when I wanted to start birth control, what was going through your head? You know, I knew birth control was often used to help control periods, and 
I never had that problem myself, so I was thinking, you know, is, is she really having these heavy periods or is she thinking about having sex? Like I was just so untrusting of what you were really saying. I was, I was really untrusting about what, what you were saying. But my friends, you know, I, I really actually, because in the previous podcast conversation we had, you know, we talked about my puberty and really it not being very typical at all. So I didn't have a lot of my own personal experience to draw from. So I went to a couple of girlfriends that I have and I would say, this is what's happening. What do I do? What do I say? I mean, I really did rely on my girlfriends because they had been through it and they said, if she wants to be on the pill, put her on the pill because you don't want to have an unplanned pregnancy. You know, so no matter what the reason was you wanted it, it's just a good idea. And they, you know, they also had said that they had had sex early. I think they were 16-ish. And so they were speaking from experience and I just, I used what they said and I really, I tried to make the best decisions that I could, but also knowing I can't hold you back. I can't rein you in. You're already a teenager now. So I've done the best I can and I have to try and guide you so that you stay on the right path instead of try to rein you in and get you on the path that I thought was appropriate because what was good for me is not necessarily good for you. Aww. I mean, that's kind of how I think about it. I'm so lucky to have had you as my mom. Aren't you though? I am. <laughs> now, I remember when you found out I was having sex, the first question you asked me was, well, did you... And I didn't even let you finish, and I just said, of course. And then when, when she finished, she said, did you orgasm? And I was like, what? I, I didn't even understand what an orgasm was at that time. What was going through my head was, did you give a blowjob? And so I think that this is important because a lot of times young kids don't understand orgasms and... Um, for me, like I didn't have my first orgasm with a partner till I was 23, and I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to that, and that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast, to bring awareness to this, but I absolutely think that young girls need to know about orgasms, and I am thankful that my mom wanted to um, close the orgasm gap and make sure that I knew that orgasms are, you know, something to be aware of, something to anticipate, something to expect. Well, full disclosure, I don't know why I would have asked you that question, honestly. I, in our conversations recently about it, I cannot imagine why I would have asked that question. Because I don't, looking back, I don't think that was the time. That is a good question to ask. And it also makes me think, as a parent, it would be good to, when you're having the sex talk before or after whatever that it's happened, um, educating your child on all those different components that go along with it. It's not just about the sex act. So I can see that now, how that would be important. How I did that then is not how I would do it today. Yeah. I mean, I would ask you that eventually, but not at that point. And I don't, I could not, I can't imagine why I asked you then. <laughs> I, I have think, no idea. <laughs> well, I think that that was a great question. Um, and eventually, if I ever have children, that's something that I want to make sure that they know, you know, that that is something to anticipate or look forward to as, and talk about how to orgasm. Yeah. And, you know, as you were old, as you got older, or you're still a teenager, but as we were having these conversations, I did also, um, 
I wanted to convey the message to you that sex is supposed to feel good. It is natural, with, but with the right partner. Like I tried to be the teacher and also be the mother. It's hard to do both. Yeah. Now, do you remember when you offered to get me my first vibrator? Oh, Lord. <laughs> well, that goes, that goes back to me not wanting to, you to have sex. And I thought, well, you know, raising you in a big city and you have, you know, I have friends there that have these experiences that I, you know, might have been different had I raised you in a smaller town. I just feel like, you know, when I talk to my friends and some of their sexual experiences when they were younger, we talk about stuff like that. And, and I listen and I read and I'm trying to make the right decisions as a parent. And one of the things that I decided was, you know, you can take care of your crazy hormonal needs without actually having sex. And that was the message I wanted to give you without actually using the words, because I wasn't comfortable, you know, talking about masturbation. I wasn't really, and I may have used those words, but it was really hard for me if I did. But I wanted you to know, you can pleasure yourself and you don't have to have sex. I just didn't want you to have sex. That was, I mean, that was the bottom line. I did not want that happening for you. I wanted you to postpone that as long as possible. I didn't know you had gotten a vibrator, <laughs> actually, and until I discovered it, Tell us how you discovered my vibrator. Oh my gosh. I was mortified. I didn't even know what to say. I I was, you know, when you're a teenager, I'm always trying to connect with you. You spend a lot of time in your room. You know, sometimes I would just go and lay on your bed while you're doing your hair, your makeup, whatever, and talk to you. And your cat was on the bed. We love her. And oh, kitty. Kitty, I, I can't know. talk about her too much. Yeah, we'll cry. Anyway, kitty jumped up and went under the bed, and I went to retrieve her, and I leaned over the side of the bed and looked under the bed. I'm going to do this. And Jordan says, you know, she doesn't give enough information. Mom, I would not, don't, I would not look under my bed if I were you. Don't look under my bed. Trust me, just don't look under my bed. And I thought, it's just a cat, you know. I had no thoughts went through my mind about, except the cat is under there. Like, I just could not imagine anything else. So I looked under the bed and right there in my face was this, wasn't it pink? Oh, I, I can't remember. remember or purple I don't know I but it was, it was very clear what it was and you probably saw my body freeze and then I just came up really quietly and I had a look <laughs> on my face and all you said to me was I told you not to look under my bed <laughs> well then I couldn't yep. just leave it I had to talk about it that's how I was you know it's like you know I didn't want you to feel like it wasn't normal because it was and I had already encouraged you to have one so here you are we, so, should have, we should have talked about proper toy cleaning at that point. Right. I'm not <laughs> sure I knew about that myself. But so we had to, I just had to talk about how long have you had it? How, when did you get it? You know, you, you and your friends. I mean, they're not hard to get for a teenager, apparently. No, no, super easy. You know, um, send your kid to Spencer's um, or even, you know, if you were interested in getting a toy for your kid, order one through me or Pure Romance for your children. That's always an option, too. But I went to Spencer's. And, eh, you know, $15 toy. And that was, that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. I, ne I never looked under your bed after that. That was... <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mom, for talking about this with me. I know this is kind of a hard discussion to look back on your parenting, but then also, you know, talking about it, even though we're older, 
we do have an open relationship, but the conversation can be kind of rather interesting. Um, and we remember things very differently too. We do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was one other thing that I wanted us to touch on. And I wanted you to tell us what advice you have for other moms having to deal with the sex talk. The advice that I have, and this is the advice I always give, talk, talk, talk to your kid. Ask them questions, find out what they know. You know, you don't have to tell them everything because they might know some stuff. So you ask, by asking the right questions, you can get them to tell you things and then you can fill in the gaps. And that can relieve a little bit of pressure from you as the parent, figuring you have to start from the beginning and go through everything. And it can, it's, it, I mean, it's still uncomfortable to talk about, even though now I'm, I'm older and you're older and we're both doing it. And we're, yeah, it's, (laughs) but asking the questions and forming them the right way so that your child will just tell you what they know well, in communication is so important, whether it's a relationship, um, platonic or um, r- romantic, but even relationships, you know, with your children. Communication is important in so many aspects of life, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And you know, I do want to add one thing that I I read about that was really important and. Um, I did this every time, especially when you started driving. But every time you and your friends, you alone or you with your friends, I was not afraid to say it in front of your friends, you guys were going to leave and go do something. And I always said the same thing. Don't drink and drive. Use a condom. I love you. Every single time. Every single time. time. And so it was so much of a routine that I would ask you, what's the message? And you would repeat it. You let all your friends know, we're going to hear this message before we leave. But the whole purpose of that was to kind of have my last words to you before you go do something where I am not now directly supervising because, you know, you're older now. My last words to you would be something that you would remember so that you could, you know, use that as, well, my mom won't let me do that. I think I also said, don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Don't drink and drive. Use a condom. I love you. Yeah. That's what it was. I just, because I wanted those last words, those to be the last words you hear from me, to help you remember that as you are going to do whatever it is you're doing. Now, you keep mentioning these books. Do you remember what books or have any books to recommend for parents? I don't. And even if I did, they change all the time, and there's there's so many good books out there. Um, and you you know do a Google search, go into a library, um, or a bookstore. There's so many there's so many new books out there too that because people are talking about this more, and, and people want to know how to talk about this with their kids. And so there are books. There's books that you can give your kids to read, and then you have the talk. There's so many different ways you can do it. But yeah, you know. The last episode, I was pulling up the American Girl, um, your body book uh, link, and it looks like they now have book one and book two, where I think it helps stimulate that conversation. You know, I haven't had a chance to look through them, but I think that there are a lot of places that help you Mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. And that could be a really good tool, um, you know, as a parent to help guide you through that conversation. Books are also um, always helpful because 
it gives your a book for you or a book for your child. If you give a book to your child, it gives them something to look at so that they're not embarrassed and they can kind of get comfortable with the information before having a conversation. A book for you can help you just navigate the things that you should talk about and ways to talk about them because a lot of books will give you different ways to talk about some of the things that you want to talk about because it's just, it can be very anxiety creating to think about having to have these conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks mom so much for joining me. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.